Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. So close for the Raiders. And Papali would be an appropriate man to score. Brought to you by OAC Digital. Come join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome to Behind the Limelight, the official Raiders podcast, thanks to OAC Digital, round eight of the NRL, and the Raiders return home to GIO Stadium to take on the St George Illawarra Dragons in what will be the first home game here since round one, which seems like a very long time ago. Joining me on the podcast this week are our two Raiders media representatives. We welcome back John Croyder and also say hello to Tommy Logan. Uh, good uh, morning, boys. Hey, G'day. Good to be back. <laughs> It is good to have you back, mate. Uh, looking forward to our first home game this weekend. We're also going to catch up this week with Raiders forward Ryan Sutton. Uh, he'll talk us through uh, his big improvement since making his return into the team. And we'll also ask him um, his thoughts on the departure of uh, Raiders forward John Bateman as well. So we'll catch up with Ryan a little bit later in the show. Let's, however, kick off things this week by having a look at the Round 7 match against the Parramatta Eels. And guys... Uh, probably not the result we were after in the end, but some good spirit shown there, Tom, uh, to get back into that game late in the contest. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I thought, I've got to say, I thought the game was done dusted come the 75th minute mark, but, you know, rugby league is a funny game and this is why we all love it because anything can happen and it was great resilience by the boys to, you know, sneak in a couple of late tries, but unfortunately they just got us there in golden point. John, it's, uh, it's uh, probably... Another little blow to the confidence of the team not getting the two points, but I, I thought there were some good signs there on the weekend. Yeah, definitely some good signs. I, I think over the last few weeks we've seen that there's been a, a lot of effort and just a few little errors, but there hasn't really been any structural issues that, that have um, been been showing. So I think all the signs are there. I was really excited to see um, George just play so well. I think on the call they said uh, five uh, tries off the off the boot. This season, which is quite outstanding, like we knew he had a great running game, but his kicking, his particularly his short kicking game, is something that's just been been taking the NRL by storm. Yeah, I agree. Short kicking game is definitely um, something that's a real uh, help for us. We've got uh, Jack Whiten, who's got that big left boot on him that it seems to be able to get us out of trouble, and uh, Josh Hodgson can also do some kicking out of dummy half. But George's short kicking and probably his long kicking game too have, have been pretty spot on so far. So he's going really well. I, I really enjoyed uh, what I saw from Hudson Young out on the edge. Uh, it was his second game back from that suspension. He played 80 minutes and um, he's probably going to have to grow into that role a little bit over the next few weeks, but I thought um, showed some encouraging signs there. I think it's pretty good from Hudson considering how much football he's actually missed. It's a big ask for him to you know, spend a lot of time on the sidelines and then come straight back in and play the full 80 minutes, but credit to him, he's worked his you know, backside off in the gym and out on the training field getting the fitness under his belt, and he's really impressed me since coming back too. A lot of talk around the Raiders' attack at the moment and probably um, just, uh, just tweaking on a few little things to get things moving a little bit more free-flowing, and John, I suppose that was um, evident towards the back end of the game when the, the team sort of freed up a little bit and were able to create some space on the edges and that led to those uh, that last try in particular from Chanzipal Klockstad, that shift to the left, uh, was a was a really well-executed play and Elliot Whitehead poked his nose through the gap. Yeah, he did really well and um, when when he did get his nose through, I was just like, oh, what's, what's he going to do here? He's not going to have the pace to, to keep going and he just found Chance running on the inside. It was really good support play and Chance was making some really good runs like, George's kick for that try just before it was really good, but Chan's making those making those runs, being in the right spot. Um, he makes the kick 
even though it was a great kick, he makes it look so good because he was in the exact right spot. And that's what you want to see from a coach as well. Those sort of support plays and runs and yep. that's gold. You want to see players around the ball. That's mm. what you want. You need bodies in motion and you need players pushing up in support because uh, defences are so good these days of being able to, to hold off those one-out attacks. So if you've got, you know, uh, you're giving your halves multiple options and Jack White had that in that play, if you go back and have a look at it, uh, and then that, that support play with, with Chance pushing up, that's what you want to see from your team. And that's kind of what I was going back to, like, over the last few weeks I thought that the effort was there, but there's just lacking a little bit of combinations. And just the back end of the game, yeah, there, was, there wasn't as much pressure. They were going, okay, we, we've got to give this a real crack. And they did. But there were those combinations there. There were multiple options, as you're saying. And just having that, that same effort, just with a little bit more fluidity, um, it's devastating. Yep. Uh, you know, pointing, pointing out a lot of positives there, but unfortunately we didn't get the win. So let's have a listen to what uh, Coach Ricky Stewart had to say after that loss. We didn't deserve to be in that position. Uh, it's amazing how they uh, actually got back to uh, to that scoreline. I'm um, I'm never uh, I never debate that they never give in. I've said that for years, but you know you you can never win a game of football in the first half, but you can lose them. And you know we we just keep making it a, making it very very hard on ourselves by. Um, Four pieces of football, and um, that was the case in the first half, especially the first 20 minutes when we you know, spoken spoke about wanting to start so well. There he is, Raiders coach Ricky Stewart. Well, let's move on to round eight: uh, the Raiders versus the Dragons back at GIA Stadium, guys. It feels like an absolute eternity since we've been there, Tom, and uh, it's going to be great not only to be back at home but to have some uh, members out there as well supporting the team. Yeah, uh, a long time ago it feels like that crazy day in round one when, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to get crowds in or not and, you know, the whole COVID-19 pandemic was really kicking off. Um, it, like you said, mate, it's great to have members back in the stands and uh, ho- hopefully, um, you know, it'll, it'll be good to see, you know, some actual faces instead of the cardboard cutouts <laughs> for, for once. A bit more animated. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, mate, great to be back at home. I know the players really miss that surface at Geo Stadium and just having, you know, the fact that we don't have to essentially spend half a day on the road to get up to a game will really help the team. Also, the, like you mentioned the surface as well. Like, there was a lot of um, talk over the last probably two weeks just around the surface at Campbelltown and also the surface at... Um, Bankwest as well. Like they weren't necessarily bad, but we've always known that JO have one of the best services, yep. even in the middle of a season. But having it fresh after no one's played on it since our since our game pretty much against the Titans in round one, like that's going to be a great track. Yeah, it is. Uh, looking forward to getting out there and seeing some footy on Friday night. Let's have a look at the team now, thanks to Specsavers. And uh, well, where do we start? There's a few changes there. The, we'll start with the forced one, uh, Corey Horsburgh. Um, he's out for you know possibly the season. Unfortunately, he's had that surgery on uh, the Liz Frank injury in the foot. It's a it's a nasty one, the Liz Frank injury, because uh, it's an area of the body that takes a long time to heal. Um, and obviously, you know you have plenty of weight bearing on that foot to be able to go forward. So disappointing for Corey um, Tommy, but you know uh, he he just needs to work hard now and get himself um, back possibly for the end of this season, and if not, get himself ready for next year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought it was really nice what Ricky Stewart said in his in his coach's comment uh, yesterday. I thought, you know, just ringing up his old man Rick Horsburgh, who's become a bit of a fan for a cult hero, sort of <laughs> down here in Canberra. But um, just ringing him and you know reassuring him that Corey's in great hands down here is um, I thought it was a really nice touch. And yeah, 
I mean, it's going to be a tough couple of months for Corey, but no doubt we'll see him back on the field and he'll be better and stronger for that. Yeah, Joe Tarpane comes back into the team uh, this weekend, uh, putting him straight back into lock. Pretty handy replacement there. Looking at the other changes, uh, there's been a bit of a, a reshuffle on the right edge. Jordan Rapana has uh, been ruled out for one to two weeks with a calf injury, which sees uh, Bailey Simonson come back onto the wing. And the return of Michael Oldfield, Ricky's had the opportunity there, John, to uh, play around with the back line a bit, and he's going to start Curtis Scott from the bench and, and bring um, Oldie in for an opportunity. Yeah, the thing with Michael Oldfield is that I've never seen him have a bad game. He's a really good player, really good professional. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, he also got like, a, I think it was the one of the awards at the Meninga Medal. Just for Clubman of the Year. Clubman yeah, Clubman of the Year. Just yep. helping those around him uh, become, like, be better at their game as well. He's a really good communicator, and I think he'll be... It'll be great. He, he always seems to nab a try when he's in as well. So it's great to see him into the team. Also, Bailey, I think I feel like he was having a really strong start to, this, to the year. It's pretty hard when someone of the class of Jordan Rafter comes back to the club. But one thing I've always really liked about Bailey is those dirty carries from the own end, getting some really good post-contact metres as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see... Um how it all pans out on the weekend. Ricky Stewart did speak uh, to the media earlier this week about the changes, and this is what he had to say when it came to the reshuffle. No, I'll be keeping Bailey and Oldie there on the right, uh, Nick will stay on the left. It's a um, it's unfortunate for Curtis at the moment, but he's just out of a little bit of form, and I think that's through more confidence. Um, first three games where I had that right edge... Um, with Curtis and George, you know, we, we found some really good form and they were building some great confidence. Um, but we've just, just fell out of shape a little bit, fell out of sorts. And I um, spoke to Curtis this morning and he's on the bench and he's on the bench for a reason. One to, you know, regain a little bit of confidence. He's, he's had a lot of pressure put on him through um, a fair bit of uh, conversation or uh, criticism publicly. And um, I just basically take a little bit of heat off him, to be honest. And I wasn't going to drop him because we uh, we don't want to um, uh, hang him out to dry, so to speak. I want to show him that he's got the support of the uh, the players and the staff, and uh, we'll bounce him back into into the squad at some stage, into the team at some stage. But he'll be a lot more confident, and uh, he'll be back to his form that uh, we know he can play. Well, there he is, Ricky Stewart. There discussing uh, the changes that he's made to the team uh, for this weekend. All right. Podcast prediction time, gentlemen. Um, last week, I, I believe uh, my true try assist went begging. Uh, Tommy, did you get yours up last week? No, you no, had another I, miss out for you. Yeah. It's been a while since you picked one of these up, I, actually. I, I picked Toots to grab me one, but uh, unfortunately, yeah, it just didn't come off, so. Yeah, okay. Give us what you got this week. Well, I'm, I'm going to go fairly solid one, I think, and, you know, echoing Johnny's comments, I don't think I've ever seen Michael Oldfield have a bad game, so I'm going to go Oldie to come straight into the team and get on the try scoring list. Okay, Michael Oldfield there for Tom. What are you going for, John? Now, I was pretty impressed by both second rubbers last week. I'm actually going to go for a double. I don't like going for one try. I reckon that's a bit boring. It's a bit soft. So I'm going to go with Elliot and Hudson to both score tries. Oh, going for both edge back rowers to score. That's ambitious in your first one back. I'm going to go for Chancellor Clockstad to back up his performance <laughs> last weekend. He, he picked up those two tries. I think he's got another one in him this weekend um, against the Dragons. Just the way that he's been um, pushing up in support recently. And I think that his uh, passing game has put a bit of, puts a bit of doubt into the opposition mind as well now. So I'll go for Chance to get another try there as well.
Well, our special guest for the Behind the Line Light podcast this week is Raiders forward Ryan Sutton. Sutto, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, obviously, you're back in the team, um, playing some good minutes and some good footy. You must be happy with the way that you've been able to come back into the side. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, obviously, it was a bit of a sore start for me at the start of the year, uh, year with not getting back in with the suspension and whatnot. But obviously, once I got a chance, my, I really took it with two hands and... Um, it's not easy at the minute with not having the reserve um, games and whatnot, but you know credit to the staff, at, um, the background staff and the con- strength conditions here. They've uh, done a real good job in keeping those boys prepared and ready to go whenever we get the call up. Was it frustrating for you to you know pretty much uh, secure your place in that round one team and then at the last minute um, get that suspension in the trial game and then we had the break for COVID, a, a bit of a stop-start season for you to, to get things underway? Yeah, obviously you you want to get some momentum going into a season, but obviously it didn't happen for me, and it was a bit of my behalf. To be honest, it was a bit of a stupid error that I did, and off the back of that, obviously I got had a little little calf injury that, that didn't help either. But you know, once like I said, once once I was um, ready and raring, and, and and Sticky had the faith to put me, and I think I was I was ready to go. I was really wanted to go with it with my head down, and just concentrate on what I've done over the preseason because I I worked hard this year and. You know, hopefully, that, like I said, that I did enough to get in the squad. So, yeah, just look forward to the, the up and coming games now. You had the opportunity to, to have a second pre-season with the team. Do you think that sort of helped you with, you know, being able to get yourself into a position where you could play more minutes this year? Um, it was a bit of a tough one, that, because obviously we weren't allowed to really train straight away. We had to do a lot on our own and it's not ideal when you're training your own because, you know, the motivation is not there as much as what as what it is when you're on on the field with the team. So... It, it was tough at first, but once we got back into training and we was late to do, like you say, a mini, a mini pre-season, it was good. It was, you know, really intense for the short period of time that we had, but we knew that obviously the games was was around the corner. So, like you said, yeah, it, it definitely give me a chance to to get back into it and get, hit the ground running. Unfortunately, like I said, I I did have that little calf niggle, but it was probably a bit on me as well. I mean, you know, in, when we was in the break, I probably did a bit too much sometimes, going a bit. Uh, running on the road and different um, different foot conditions and whatnot, but look, it's just things I have to take on the chin and learn from going going forward throughout the years. Talking about motivation, uh, we go back to the back end of last season, and you were in that side, and then come finals time, you you didn't make that final sort of seventeen for the the grand final and and things like that. Was that was that a tough um, thing for you to to handle at that time? Yeah, it, it definitely was. I always say it like. You, you never get paid to sit on the sideline and watch the boys play, so it was a real tough one for me. But on the flip side of that as well, it gave me a lot of um, fight and a lot of motivation at the end of the year to, to have a good year this year and to make sure that I don't miss miss a beat sort of thing and take every every minute as it comes. Because you know, if you, if you have a game one or two bad games or have a game off, you know, it just it bites you in the ass sometimes. So. I just wanted to make sure that I was using every minute in the pre-season and in the off-season as well because um, you can you can take a lot for granted if you if you have too much time off. But, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that, like I said, every minute that I had um, in the training field was, was my best. And, yeah, hopefully, you know, there's still, there's still a long season yet, so I've still got a lot of, lot of improvement in me. Um, I'm only just getting back in the team slowly, so... That's, that's what I want to concentrate on now is just keep getting better and better each game. Talk about opportunity, Sato, and uh, no bigger opportunity now that obviously uh, Paul Corey's been ruled out pretty much for the rest of the season. Uh, you're in that 17 now, and I suppose that the next step for you is to try and work your way into a starting spot. 
Yeah, like like I said, I said last year that obviously you know I do, I do look to start that my game would would be better starting, but you know, whatever position I do play on the field, whether it be off the bench or starting, I just got to make sure that I take them take them chances. Um, you know, it's not always going to go my way sometimes, and I've just got to make sure that I bounce back. So he's obviously unlucky what's happened to Corey because he's been he's been in great form. And I could guarantee you that he'd be, probably be in that Queensland um, side come come whenever it was at the end of the year. Um, and we're going to rally around him, and that's the team that we are here. So, you know, obviously it's unfortunate that he is out, but we've got good depth in this squad as well, and I've said that quite a lot. We've got Nams that's not playing this week, but, you know, he's going to be in the next few weeks, and we've got a good bunch of young boys that are coming in as well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, like I said, for Corey, because he, he has been in real good form, and he'll come back, he'll bounce back straight away. When he is ready to come back, he's, he's going to be there, and, and it's going to be a, a, a good final end of the year for him. A bit of news that's uh, popped up this week is the departure of uh, one of the Englishmen, John Bateman, will finish up with the club at the end of the 2020 season. He had the chance to, to talk the boys uh, through his decision and uh, can you give us a bit of an insight into how he's travelling and, and what his mindset is at the moment? I've not really spoke, I've not really spoke to him too much about it. I'll probably chat to him because obviously he let us know this morning that it was going to happen and yeah, look, it's it's unfortunate because you know the more English for us is the better because we've got that little camaraderie that goes around, goes along with each other. We're always hanging out with each other, but look, we'll always back back his decision to what he, what he'll do because it's it's up to him at the end of the day. Um, we just got to rally around him at the end of the day because he is injured at the minute and it's not, it's not a good time to be in. Um, obviously he's not had much luck with that shoulder. Um, but he, he's he's going to play like he's going to be he's fighting he's fighting for his position at the minute like. With the with the shoulder, I mean, um, and he's he'll be straight back in there when he's ready, and he'll want he'll want to finish on a high, and I think that's the the good thing about him. He's got a real winning mentality, and you know we're, we're all going to rally around him regardless of what happens. I suppose the big thing is that you know he's still got the rest of this season to to come back in and make an impact, and I'm sure he's going to add a lot of energy when he does come back into that team. So you guys, I suppose it's up to you to to try and get as many wins as you can. Uh, until he is available, because he is a world-class player and he makes a big difference when he's out there. Yeah, he's a top quality player, John. And, and like I said, look, we're, we're doing out, we're doing, you know, we've come on short the last few games with, um, with uh, obviously, a point loss at, at, at the weekend. And, you know, we're, we know we're not far off. And we're doing, we're doing little things good, but there's just a little execution bits that we need to get better. And, you know, if we can keep uh, working on that in training and, Getting our connections right with with each other, you know, and then John's going to come back in the side, and he's like you said, he brings that energy. He's, he's a World Cup class player, and he, he'll fit right back in there. He's he's always watching. He's always he's always watching what we're doing, even though he's doing his, his rehab and his recovery stuff. So yeah, he's he's it'll be good to have John back at uh, when he's ready, and so I don't think he's far off. So it'll be good. Yeah, George Williams and yourself uh, are two guys that played a lot of junior footy together. I mean. If you ever thought back all those years ago that both of you would be playing in the NRL, not just in the Super League, but in the NRL together, uh, what would you have told yourself back then if, if you said that was going to happen? Yeah, I think it's a bit surreal, really, to be fair. I think, like you said, playing for your hometown where, where you grew up and where you played your amateur rugby is, is one thing, but coming across 20,000 kilometres across to the other side of the world to a small little city called Canberra, like, you would have never, you would have never believed it. And, yeah, we, we spoke about it the other day. We actually the first game that we played together, and we put a porter up, and we couldn't believe that we played, you know, under thirteens, fourteens together, and then to the present day now. So it's pretty surreal. Like I said, if you could go and speak to your 
to your younger self and say it until you until you go away, Matt, because it's um it's a pretty surreal situation that we're in at the minute. And, you know, speaking to George, we're in a good position as well. Um, we've come to a a great place and we're playing we're playing in a great team. So we're, we're taking every day as it comes and not taking a day for granted. One thing that you probably do disagree over though is your. Your football following, you're a, an avid Manchester United fan and uh, George is a Liverpool fan. Has he been rubbing it in at all uh, the last few days? Do you know, he's not been, he's not been too bad, to be fair. Um, I, think, I think for us for us United fans and all, all the other fans, I think we sort of knew that Liverpool were going to win it. So uh, there, was no, there was no argument there. I think they had like six or seven games in hand or whatever they had. There was, they, were, they were well going to win. And Oji as well, Oji's a Liverpool fan, but I think he's, you know, he just jumps on the bandwagon. So... But yeah, he's, he's been really good with it. I think just just let him know that he's only won it once. So. Well, wait, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there and let you get back to uh, your afternoon. Uh, we really appreciate your time uh, and having a chat to us and, and all the best of luck for the Dragons on Friday night. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. There he is, Ryan Sutton, speaking to us on Behind the Limelight podcast. Thanks to AOAC Digital. We'll catch you next week.